With the trade deadline approaching in T-minus two days from when we're recording this, we have a lot of stuff to break down, talk about. Uh, so far, Cavs, Pacers, Blazers, Clippers, Pelicans, Kings have all been involved in trades since the last time we talked. And four trades. So two of those teams have done two trades each. It's been fun. I mean, I woke up this morning, had a trade on my phone. I had to like scroll through and find out like who it actually was. Like I saw the play, like the big name player in it. And I was like, okay, I kind of knew or like, I kind of figured this is like the team he's going to go to. But then I was like, okay, now I got to go like search through and find out what the exact trade is. I saw you and Nick were talking about it, but Sean Filson, Zach Taylor, we're in here talking about some trade deadline news. Zach, how we doing, buddy? I'm okay. Um, a little mad. One of my favorite little babies is has now changed teams. Kind of feel like a, uh, kind of feel like a mother bird who just like slapped their kid out of the nest, but I didn't slap them. Someone made me slap them out. I don't know how to describe it, but um, hopefully Terrace Halliburton is still doing good. Hopefully, I, I hope his family is happy right now. Um, I would like to give him a hug. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I am I am sad to see him leave. I think him and uh, Deer Fox being together were great. Do you want to give him the details for that one? Uh, yeah, we'll start out with that trade. Um, we can go back a little further okay. whenever we feel like going to another one. That's the but, biggest one for me, honestly. Yeah, honestly, it is. Uh, so this trade involving the Pacers and the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento traded away Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. And they acquired DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Jeremy Lamb. Oh, wait. No, that was a typo. They acquired DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday, as well as a 2027 second-round pick. I which, probably swung it right there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, you know I'm big on just throwing in a, a long-in-the-future second-rounder, and it's a big winner. But see, the weird thing is, I'm pretty sure the Thunder own Indiana's 2027 second rounder from the TJ Leaf deal last year. So not really sure what second rounder they're talking about in that deal, but you know. Well, they can only go what six years ahead or five years ahead of the draft. So that they can be... so this year they can trade up to 2028. So yeah. So maybe years. it'll just get moved to that one or it'll be have like protections on it. But um, yeah, so that trade, I mean DeMontis Sabonis, probably the biggest star name player, like so far. I mean, obviously, two time all star for him. And then Tyrese Halliburton going back. Huge surprise. I mean, yeah. No one, unless well, it was for like Ben Simmons, I don't think I expected, oh, yeah, we're just going to throw in Halliburton to get DeMontis Sabonis. I would picture maybe De'Aaron Fox. Well, he got rumored. See, and that's what I was about to say. I, I think we both kind of expected Sabonis to be on the, on the chopping block. He's already been like vocal about like his opinions with like, you know, the GM situation and all their front office and kind of like, you know, just wanting out. Then we've also seen them kind of like really kind of push Miles Turner out. Now, now they're like, wait, maybe we might want him. Um, yeah. I was, I was really surprised to read Tyrese Halliburton's name in there. Um, not that I think that uh, me and we talked about this a little bit earlier, so I'll just kind of reiterate it again. Um, not that I think that Tyrese Halliburton is like way better than De'Aaron Fox right now, but I think he has the, the, the potential to be better than De'Aaron Fox. Um, play style wise, he fits in like so many like winning teams. 
Um, but yet you still have the upside of him being like a younger guy, taller guard, um, very smart passer. I mean, what, what was it like his last game as a King had like 17 assists, six rebounds, 14 or 15 points. It's like, so this was the note you're going to leave him on. I, I don't I know. Mean, very bad taste in my mouth after seeing something like that. I mean, he just had 37 against the 76ers like yeah. a week ago. And then, like, as you were saying, I mean, he had 13, 17, and 6 against the Thunder. Uh, what was that? Saturday? Sunday? Yeah. Sa- Saturday. And it's like, are you sure you wanted to trade him? Like, okay, Sabonis, he can get triple doubles, like, all the time. Yeah. He's, like, he's probably, like, a poor man's... Like a Walmart version, probably a little better than a Walmart version, but like of Jokic. I mean, yeah, I think obviously Jokic is an MVP and Sabonis isn't anywhere close Jok- to Jokic that. Jokic is like, so Jokic would be like the like Motrin and then he's like acetaminophen. Yeah. It's like, bro, we all know it's the same thing, but it's like, it, hey, is it a little different? It has like the same kind of tools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I love Sabonis. I think he's a great player. Do I don't I don't know if I would have traded Tyrese Halliburton. Like if that was mm-hmm. okay, you have to do this, or like if De'Aaron Fox came in there and he was like, Okay, you're gonna lose me if you don't like do trades to get us on a winning side. Which okay, everybody's talking him. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> but everybody's talking about how like, oh, this is so stupid to go all in this season. You're 20 and 35. I don't really think it's going all in. I don't think it's going all in this season. Yeah. I think you're like, okay, let's see what we can produce here in this season. If it doesn't work out, okay, maybe we try to flip Sabonis. Maybe we like sell off to Aaron Fox. And honestly, it is still confusing either way you look at it. To me, you're like, your buy-in window is just going to (laughs) be Sabonis' contract, which I just looked it up because I want to make sure I was It ends next year. Technically, does he have a player option after that? No, he has four. Is four? Yeah, it says, um, yeah, he has four years, 74 million. When did that start? Mm-hmm. I, I think that started before this. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2024. Okay, so he has this season and two more seasons, I 20, guess. 23, he might 23 24 is his last. I feel like he has a player option in 23 24, maybe not. Okay, mm-hmm. anyways. You probably want Halliburton. Like, okay, so let, let's just talk about it from the Kings side for a second. And then that's not much to talk about. So we'll flip over to the Pacers and then we'll flip onto another trade. But so the Kings side, it's like, it is confusing because I mean, honestly, I think almost everybody would be like, okay, trade Fox, keep Halliburton. Halliburton and Sabonis might be good, like, might have been good together. Yeah. But, you know, obviously. Kings franchise hasn't been that great. So maybe they're like, I just want to taste the playoffs. Yeah. I wonder. I don't. Now I would, I would like to like toss this out here. Let me know what you think. So th- this is going to, going to kind of be how we're going to do this episode. It'll be, it's going to be very fluid. We don't have a lot of stuff like, you know, concrete set up like this segment, this segment, this next segment. So like if we're kind of all over the place, just be prepared for it. It's just going to be like that. And it's all going to involve trades though. Yes. So. It is all going to be uh trades, but do you think, that if they would have offered just De'Aaron Fox instead of Heald and Halliburton, that they would have taken it. Because I would love to have had Buddy Heald, Terry's Halliburton, Sabonis. Rather than just Fox and Sabonis. Yeah, I I think I agree with that. Like, if I could have... I think in the big, like, long-term picture, you keep Halliburton. 
but you're like maybe you're looking he's in his second year that's the that's the crazy thing but maybe you're looking at it you're like okay i don't think i can build around halliburton and fox and i can probably get more for halliburton most likely because he's in his second year on a smaller contract i mean the team that's getting him has crazy control so maybe the pacers were like okay like you're gonna have to throw in fox two first rounders and tristan thompson like that that's like what you have to trade yeah yeah so then you're deciding like okay two first round picks or halliburton instead yeah Yeah. because that's what they were saying they wanted they said i want two first rounders at least in that context i would and see i think you compare it a lot to Nikola Vucevic trade last year where it was like Wendell Carter, uh, mm. two first round picks from the Bulls protected a little bit, like top four protected, I think. And so you get Wendell Carter, who's played pretty well. Then Franz Wagner out of the eighth pick that the Bulls ended up getting. And then you have, I think it's this year's pick, maybe next year. Actually, mm. I think it's next year. Um, and so you compare those two like, okay, like mid-level all-star, like probably the worst all-star out of them all. But hey, mm-hmm. he's still top 24, like all-star level player. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, okay, Tyrese Halliburton, you compare to like, okay, he's like a first round pick plus Wendell Carter. Yeah. And then you don't get any other picks in there. You have to send out a second rounder, but you, you get, get Buddy healed, yeah. which I think, I don't know if they are like, you know, we need a shooter, or are they like, okay, he's just a contract matcher? Yeah. So, see, I, if I was them, I'm immediately, as soon as Buddy comes into like my like realm, I'm like, all right, who wants him? That's a me, like, as soon, like, whatever I can get for him. Cause I mean, dude, what's the point of get, getting rid of Karis Avert if you're going to bring in a guy like Buddy Heald right after? Not that I'm saying they're the, the exact same, but they're both very like win now kind of set up guys. Like, they are meant to be on a championship team, play some minutes. And, you know, when you like two or three playoff games, you know. Now, one thing I do want to say is, so I was just looking at the contracts. Does Zero Fox really have five years, 28 million? Five, or that's 28 million per year, right? Yeah. Because okay. he got he got his rookie extension. He was drafted in 2017. So he didn't get the super max, right? Because that would have been like 30, Not, right? You, don't get, you can't get super. You, I'm the way like the you get the rookie. super rookie max extension is you have to be either an all-star twice all nba or top five nba okay that, that, and, that, and that's why trey didn't make it no he, trey he, did make it he's been an all-star i thought trey couldn't get it because he didn't no, get trey and trey and luca both okay got it okay and shay didn't get it so yeah okay. all the all those combined okay. but yeah okay. so, i'm trying to like piece good because i was thinking like well, wait if he's if basically in my head i'm trying to decipher like okay Am I willing to pay eventually Tyrese Halliburton that super extension? Like, like if you if you got him, like you want him to become an all star, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, maybe their maybe their bet is literally just like, okay, well if he doesn't, he's not going to make two all stars. But the thing is, like, Darren Fox already has that contract, you know. So I don't know. That one's a little interesting. I think I kind of see it. I also feel like a lot of teams value Fox more than what we value him compared to Halliburton, which I'm very surprised at. I'm surprised like they actually did make the move. So I do, I do kind of see the value in the like what the Pacers did, but like I honestly, honestly, I think I like it for both teams. I'm not really like too picky on it. I think if you can't decide on a winner, I think it's a good trade. 
Yeah, but I, I just, I don't, I think it's just like, okay. I mean, I think. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. you're not like, oh yeah, the Kings definitely win this. But like, yeah. when you think about it rationally, then you're like, okay, Pacers are going this way. They get Halliburton. Kings are trying to go this way. Maybe it's not like the smartest move, but the players involved is probably like, okay, that's, that's like a fair trade. Yeah. I see. And honestly, I think I'm. I take that back. I think I do like it for the Kings a little bit more just for the reason that I think that they're finally just picking like, Hey, let's just try and win. Like, I, I, and I love that. Like for a minute, like they've kind of just been like, yeah, we're just the Kings. Hey, you know, we're, we're going to hopefully get a high pick. Do you think this means anything for like Rashawn Holmes? Who, I mean, he's a center on that team. He's been the starting center. Do you think that means anything for him? Or do you think he's like, well, what do you what do you think happens in that space where they're like, okay, you could start, but also mm-hmm. you still have Harrison Barnes, who is more yeah. suited as a four. You probably don't want to move him to three. And then, I mean, I'm not. I haven't thought about who else is on that team. Yeah, just because that team isn't that good. Yeah. But obviously, your three entrenched starters. You have Fox, uh, Harrison Barnes, and Sabonis. Yeah. Who else do you fill in around them? I see, and I'm not sure. Whenever we were talking on the phone earlier, we mentioned like, oh yeah, who are they gonna play at shooting guard? And both of us just blanked for like a minute and a half on the phone, just like, uh, uh, uh. So I'm not really sure who like I don't know if they're really gonna keep Rashawn Holmes. Oh, Davion Mitchell. That you can easily throw him in as the two. I completely oh yeah, we were definitely blanking on that. And see, like that makes the De'Aaron Fox move even makes even more sense to me. Like does he? I mean, do you think De'Aaron Fox and him just have a, a time timeline that is that much different than Halliburton and Davion Mitchell? I think you look at it like who fits better together. Maybe they think that yeah. Fox and but let's let's get off this trade. Okay. We'll stay with the Pacers, but we're going to go to a different trade. We're going to hop into the trade that they made with Cleveland, where they send out Karis LeVert in a 2022 second round pick, and that's from mm, Miami. Yeah. And then Cleveland sent out Ricky Rubio, who is out for the year. He'll be a free agent after this year, but it was just contract matching, basically. A lottery-protected 2022 first-round pick. Houston. No, that's that's a second-round pick. The first-round pick is Cleveland, so it'll probably end up like mid to late 20s because they are second seed in the East right now. Um, I'd say 21 or later. Yeah. 2022 second round pick. So this season's second round pick from Houston, which 33 probably ish. And then a 2027 second round pick via Utah, which pretty sure the Thunder have that pick too. So a lot of these trades aren't adding up for me. I feel like they're just not like announcing protections. And then there's probably some other like random stuff. I don't know. I love this move for the Cavs. Um, they're honestly, in my opinion, not giving up anything. Um, what they gave up one of their own picks is that correct yeah they're, they gave they're up first, this year's and it's it's still protected just in case which i love that um i i honestly don't have a lot to say i love it for the Cavs, pacers i mean at least you got something for curious i kind of feel like you could have got more like i mean maybe i kind of think like you do. i think you come out of it with basically what you were asking for because you're asking for two first round picks you basically got two first round picks because yeah, that houston second first. is like right there on the cusp and most players and then, and that get drafted like 
30 through, or I'd even say like 25 through 35 are about the same range of players. And then you just swapped Miami second for Utah second. And it's roughly the same thing in my opinion. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, both teams made out pretty well in this Indiana. They get off of Karis LeVert. I mean, you trade Karis LeVert and you bring in Halliburton and Buddy Heald. So like the moves you're making all add up to be like, Hey, we basically just like got off this dude and got like the same player back in Buddy Heald. Yeah. And then I'm a little, you get picks. I'm just so confused about that because it's like if the move was to go get like Halliburton, Buddy Heald. I don't think you knew that move was yeah, going to happen. I don't know. The Pacers are just kind of confusing me because I know that I understand that Halliburton is like so young, but I just feel like he's so like ready to go. And so is Brogdon and so is Duarte, in my opinion. So you have like three like guys who are basically, in my opinion, very similar. Like they are like like big guards who probably can play wing, secondary ball handlers, can kind of create, but aren't the most athletic. Like these there's a lot of like similarities between these guys, kind of long, but like so I don't understand why you wouldn't just want to keep Levert in that situation. I mean, obviously contracts, I understand that, but I don't know. The Pacers kind of confuse me right now. I, I mean, right now they're projected to get the fifth or sixth. I think it's sixth pick in the draft. Yeah. Obviously, the Kings are projected to get fifth um, or projected to have the fifth and sixth lottery spots. But um, kind of makes so, me like King situation even more. Because hey. then you then you get that. Does that allow De'Aaron Fox to be the number two? Do you think? I mean, I think both think Sabonis, Sabonis and Fox are like two. So, so, if, but if now if they hit a home run in the draft, now they're in a good situation. I mean, just I'm like obviously with all these teams we're going to talk about: Blazers, Indiana, mm. Sacramento. I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, they jump up to one. Get Jabari Smith. I mean, that's a great pick. Yeah. I mean, I don't obviously. Even, if the Kings got one, who do they take? I think Jabari Smith. I would I would genuinely consider Chet just to put him next to Sabonis. I I mean I I can see that. It's just I mean both of them would be good wise, players. Yeah. Both of them would be really good players to go with. Knowing Sabonis. the Kings, Paolo number one. Blech. Knowing the Kings, Paolo number one. I could so see that. no honestly That's no disgusting. honestly knowing the Kings, AJ Griffin number one. <laughs> they would take something just randomly off the board. No, that would be that would be Philly. No. Anyways. Karis LeVert going to Cleveland, I think that's a good spot for him because wing minutes, wide open. Oh, 100%. You need that, like, kind of secondary ball handler next to Garland yeah. because – and he can score. So Thank, thank God maybe we, we'll see less minutes of Lowry, Mobley, Allen all put together. Maybe we'll finally see an actual three next to them. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I, I heard – I was listening to the low post before this, and they were like, does he take a core spot at the two? Or does he just come off the bench and be like, oh six man, fire it off all. I love both. It makes um, me want to watch, watch the Cavs even more. Beautiful. Uh, let me pick one. Do we have any more that have already happened? I guess we can talk about we CJ. Have, yeah, let's do CJ. Yeah, we have two trades left. Yeah, let's do CJ. All right, so two trades went on with the Blazers th- so far this past week. One we're going to start with. Blazers, they get Josh Hart, Tomas Santransky. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Didi Luzada, 2022 protected first-round pick, and two second-round picks. So that first-round pick that they get from the Pelicans, they get it if it's 5-14. to 14. 
If it's one through four, Pelicans keep it. Five through 14, the Blazers get it. And if it's 15 or later, pretty sure the Hornets get it. Bro, they're going to keep that. Oh, yeah. They're going to keep that. So the Hornets get it. And so, I mean, if the Pelicans end up winning in the play-in, then that's going to the Hornets. And then the Blazers get next year's first rounder. I think it's still weirdly protected. like top 10 or 7 or something. Yeah. Something stepping down. So they sent, the Blazers sent to the Pelicans. The Pelicans received CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell. So I'll start. Which side do you want to start on? Give me like you're just broad. Like what is like the first word that comes to your mind when you're like looking at this trade? Okay, so it kind of it kind of has to do one, with the other one. trade, just one. and it's just like Blazers, like I want to say idiots, just because <laughs> because when you look at the two trades that they've made so far, uh-huh. I mean they spent three first three first round picks and Gary Trent Jr. to get Norman Powell, Robert Covington. They so they traded Gary Trent Jr. for Norman Powell. Then extended him for like twenty million a year. They traded two first round picks to Houston to get Robert Covington. They traded this year's first round pick, which lottery protected, to the Bulls so they could trade away Derek Jones Jr. and get Larry Nance. Larry Nance has barely played this year, and you lose a first round pick for that. And now you trade him away, like and CJ. And CJ on top of and, that. And what are you getting? Maybe I get this first round pick this year. Maybe I get it next year. Two second round picks. Like, I love Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Sometimes he gets a little, like, tunnel vision. Yeah. Like, Josh Hart, great role player. But, like, I, <laughs> this one, I'll, I'll tell you what my thing is. My word for this trade is lazy. Because I think they could have got way more than this for CJ. So, what my my, my interpretation of this is like, I, my whole thing last week and this week, I put next to the Blazers thing or next to their little block in my notes. I was like, okay, they they probably need to do a retool just like the Raptors did with Demar and Kyle Lowry. Okay, now you got to pick who you're keeping. Obviously, they picked Dame. Now that we've seen this move, okay. Well, you know, just just subtly, if you if anyone forgets. The Raptors got Kawhi Leonard in this move for DeMar DeRozan. And in the same scheme setup, um, the Blazers got Josh Hart, Sodoransky, a young Nikhil Alexander-Walker, some dude I've never heard of, and a protected first round. I don't care about the seconds. And lost to Larry Nance, an incredible role player in my opinion. And Tony Snell, who hasn't missed a free throw in three years. So, come on. I don't know. It, it just kind of like bugs me because I don't, I just feel like they could have got way more. Like, there was literally conversations about, like, Ben Simmons and CJ McCollum. And I understand that, like, nothing officially came out. We never saw, like, any deals come out. But there were a lot of Twitter people and, like, a lot of, like, talking heads who came up with mock trades. They got way more than this. And I think it's a lot of because CJ's been injured so far this year. Like, he's had, like, significant injuries. Like, Josh Hart has uh, injury history and... Nikhil and Walker, in my opinion, is a complete wild card. So, but you're also looking at somebody who's in his 30s. Like CJ's, CJ's, I'm pretty sure 31. So you're you're like, okay, injury history between those three players. CJ's older and 
more injury prone. But, and I, then, but I don't mind going for someone who's also older slash injury prone if I'm the Blazers because you are trying to win. That's the thing, though. Like, I don't think Josh Hart pushes you over this limit, nor does Nikhil Alexander-Walker, nor does Sadoransky, obviously. Like, Who do you think you can – okay, so CJ McCollum. His price has only gone down throughout, like, last year and this year. Yeah. Like, it's just kept going down and going down. So, do you think, hey, if we give playing time to Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander-Walker and then whatever, um, and maybe we get something out of this first, plus – we're potentially losing more games this year to get a higher yeah. pick, which like we talked about with Sacramento and Indiana, like they could jump up to the first pick and get yeah. Jabari Smith. But you give Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander Walker playing time. Could you flip them this off season and get like, not just going to say Jeremy Grant, but like mm-hmm. Christian Wood, yeah. somebody who's on the trading block and you have now you have cap space this summer. Mm-hmm. You can be like Miles Bridges. I mean, you can go out. Maybe they trade for John Collins. Maybe they trade for somebody else. But I think giving the younger guys more playing time will up their value more than, hey, CJ can still average 20. Yeah. Wow, that's going to do some like, and the 76ers, they're not going to trade Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum. Like, I think, yeah, yeah. I think they realize that and they're like, Okay, do we want to trade him for like a stagnant piece? Like how? But okay, we trade him for Domas. Like I feel like that's a stagnant move. Like you just stay in the same spot. Plus, you'd have to move Nurkic and stuff like that. But you get CJ McCollum, or you trade him away, and you get these younger guys more playing time. They're gonna up their value more than CJ McCollum can get his value up. Yeah. Like CJ's just going to go yeah, down. Yeah, I mean like you you can talk me into it, but it's more just like I don't I don't know. I I've, I mean, I, don't, I don't get me wrong. I don't like the trade. I don't think that they're going to even make a move. That that's the problem. Like I don't think they are planning that far ahead to make another move like let these guys play, let them basically earn you a, a high a higher pick than CJ was going to allow you to win. Like you know what I mean? Like I I don't even know if they're like thinking that far ahead because we've never seen this organization do something like that. We've never seen them like make a move for a young guy, let them play out for a year. And then um, the whole time the plan was like, all right, if they're not literally an all-star but we're in our heads, then we're moving them. Like we've never even seen that from them. So that's why I don't want to give them credit for thinking that far. Cause I don't think they did, you know? Yeah. Well, let's hop into the other trade that they made and we'll start talking about how they acquired Eric Bledsoe, justice Winslow, Keon Johnson and a future second round pick for Norman Powell and Robert Covington. I already told you what they traded for both those players, but with that trade, they did get out of the luxury tax, which I mean, if you're going to get a top 10 pick, I would not want to be paying the luxury tax for that team. And you're bringing in, Hey, maybe they were super high on Keon Johnson. I mean, some people had him top 10. Some people had him at six. Like I do remember that. Like, not even not even earlier in the year. Keep that in mind. Him, keep that in mind when we get to the draft around Kennedy Chandler because that is the exact same situation. I mean, they had him <laughs> at six after the draft lottery. Yeah. So no more games played. He just fell. Yeah. And so the Blazers might be high on him. I think again, getting out of the tax, getting a young player, you're probably high on, you know, just I don't know. Yeah, but moving but, on. But but to move 
Okay, if the reasoning for moving CJ is because his value is not going to go up, I get that. You can totally talk me into that. Now, what is the reasoning for getting Eric Bledsoe then? I don't think you play him. Well, I think, I think you he's could... not going to raise his value. His value is just going to go down over time. There's no way it goes up. I think he was – I think it was just for like salary matching because you're not going to just be able to trade Norman Powell who's making almost yeah. 20 and then Robert Covington who's – probably also almost 20 million a year. Yeah. You can't just trade 40 million into there's like one to OKC is the only team that can take just a straight salary dump of contracts. So let's talk about it from the Clipper side. Okay. Cause I love it. Okay. <laughs> because no joke. I think, I think I just sent this in our little group chat with like Nick and I was like, wait, do the Clippers just have a bomb squad of players who you just hate going against? Yes. Yes, hey, they do. Norman Powell. Got 28 points in his Clippers debut. I mean, that I think that's six, fifth or sixth, like right behind Kawhi, right behind PG, right behind those guys that are your star players. Stud. And Robert Covington, I mean, you can flip him, you can do whatever. They might like him. But, I mean, if you keep both of them for when PG and Kawhi I'm come back next they year. Come back. I'm, I'm praying they come back and look great. Because this team is low key really good. Like I don't think I don't think this year. Oh no, come no, back, no, not this but year. But no, next no, year, no. it can just be like Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, PG, Kawhi, and whatever center they keep on the roster: Zubac, Hartenstein, whatever. And then maybe they go get Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> bro, that's too much money. Anyways, they don't uh, care. off the bench. I mean, Still you have Rico. Yeah, but you still have those like. You you hit a floor or a ceiling at some point. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's do let's all, let's do this little popcorn setup, I guess, like like some little middle school, high school reading method, and we'll just jump back and forth. Um, so I'm just gonna give you like a team or like a player that I've heard I've read like an article on. Um, Sean, you have some as well, right? So we can just go back and forth. Um, Atlanta Hawks, okay. I'm I want to keep my eye on John Collins because I think he really is gonna get moved. But since they're on this winning streak, and I think it's up to like eight wins that they have in a row, right? Or no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They got it to eight, and then they now they've lost two in a row. Just looked it up. Um, but I don't think that they're going to end up like moving him. But I would like to see him getting moved. Um, something that I've kind of like tossed around in my head is like a Jeremy Grant and a second for John Collins. Jeremy Grant two seconds. That feels pretty close to me. Um, I think that also gives like the Hawks someone to like help guard a Giannis, a KD a little bit different because I mean, in my opinion, John Collins doesn't guard these bigger, like obviously they're like international level players. Like they're, or no, I'm sorry, not international, like inner decade level players. But like, um, I think Jeremy Grant would give it kind of a new look, give him a little more athleticism, kind of lets him still be that dunker role, probably shoots better than John Collins in my opinion. Um, that could be off, but what do you think about that? Uh, anything about John Collins? We can on, touch on Jeremy Grant, touch on the Hawks. Um, so the player I think I would watch out most from for the Hawks is like Gallinari because yeah. his contract sure. is going to be is not fully guaranteed next year. Mm-hmm. And so you throw him in a pick, see what you can get out of it. I mean, the Hawks have been winning a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So maybe trying to keep that Trey Collins um, – Herder, Capella, like core ish alive, and try to find like a. I mean, DeAndre Hunter obviously is in there, mm-hmm. but 
I mean, you keep Gallinari, you maybe maybe see if you can get like Harrison Barnes from the Kings, like Gallinari a pick and see what you can do with that. Or even like maybe like Gary Harris or something from Orlando. I like him as like a defensive player. He can score. He can uh, hit shots from the perimeter. Probably lets you run like a similar setup on the bench. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe trying to find a trade with Gallinari and like let this season run through with. I just like worry because like they're already 25 and 28, 10th seed in the East. And. Well, they started the year horribly, well, and yeah, lately but, they've yeah, I, no, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like they went on like an eight game win streak, and they're still three games below 500. And you're gonna have to pay John Collins coming up, so it's kind of like that's the only reason why I'm like keeping on because I don't, I would not be the one, the one that wants to pay him. Um, what? How do you feel about Jeremy Grant right now? Do you think he's getting moved? I think it's the best thing to do to move him. Do I think I they will? I mean. I've teetered on the edge like all season where I've been like, uh, maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they don't like Jamie Grant could fit on a lot of teams. Yeah. It depends. Like, I mean, he went to Detroit for a reason. Like he wanted to play for a black coach and a historically black city with a black GM. I mean, all this different stuff, like that was his whole motivation to go there. So it's like, isn't that kind of like betraying him? Do you yeah, want to be it, known as? Does that like, mean we can't trade him now? Yeah. Is it like, do you want to be known as a place that's like, oh, he came here for a reason? I mean, I feel like that's that, a, that is tough though, because then it's like, all right, when when can we trade him? Yeah, it's also like a small, I'd say a smaller market team because I mean, who looks at the Pistons like I want to go to the Pistons besides Jeremy Grant? Yeah. I mean, you lose that, and it's like, okay, we have to trade him for somebody. Most of these teams, Oklahoma City, Houston, I mean, Houston still attracts free agents, but like Orlando, these teams that aren't as good, they have to trade for their players. And if you like do finally sign somebody and you don't treat them right, like that's going to look bad on your organization. I mean, you look at this Kings trade, Tyrese Halliburton, like last week, last month, whatever it was, he said, I'm going to be here to like get this culture right. And the Kings were like, Nah, we like our culture. Thank you. Bye. We he, said, you nah, trying to change us? You trying to, uh, oh, we don't want to make the playoffs, baby. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I just wonder what that would do to them. Mm-hmm. Like, could that mess things up in the mm-hmm. future? Uh, getting free agents? Like, I mean, yeah, how long does it linger by yeah. you making that move? So, do I think they should make a trade? Yeah. Like, Portland, that'd be a good trade for them to get. Like, uh, he could Jeremy Grant could still be like, Hey, you'll still be the second best guy on the team. Like you're not going to be back there in the fourth best player. Like we're still going to let you be like second, best. maybe we go out and get a third guy. So like, you're like two A two B, but like Lillard's our best player. So like Mm. him in that kind of spot would be pretty good for me. True. So that's all I can like think about for Pistons. What you got next? All right. So I'm thinking about obviously, thinking about the thunder all the time so i'm gonna say like kenrich williams or do you like maybe even lou dort like he's been a a lot of trade news recently like do Mm -hmm. we do the thunder sell high on both these players do they keep them around like are they losing enough to where i mean thunder just went on three game win streak after shea gilgis alexander went down so are do you like did this happen last season when he got hurt uh no, last season the Thunder went like two and 
25 or something got, ridiculous right, like that. I thought y'all won like a little bit right after. I could be wrong. Uh, just two games in like a 30 game span. But, you know, like having Josh Giddy, having mm. Kenrich Williams, Mike Muscala, like these veterans. I mean, Lou Dort's averaged like 25 points per game over this four game stretch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do they bring up our ceiling too? like, do, or do they bring up our floor too much? Is there a team you'd want to see them go to? Like, hit, hit me with your thoughts on those. Mm, well, I'd move Kendrick Williams for anything I give. Um, I think he's playing a little bit above how well how good I actually think he is. So I would definitely try and move him. Not that I think he's bad or anything, but um, I would definitely try and move him. I think you could easily move him to someone like the Celtics. I think he easily fits on a team like the Heat. Um, not that you can get any more picks from them. Um, what about like the Warriors? I mean, yeah, I uh, think also, I mean, I think if you get some like the Bucks, Lakers, any like super good team, I was trying to think of like teams that are kind of like borderline. I would actually, I don't think he fits terrible on someone like maybe like the Hornets. I kind of like what he could possibly add to like their like bench lineup. Um, so yeah, I would definitely try to move him. Um, Door is how old? 25? 23, I thought. Okay. I was, He's like the same age as Shea. 22. 22. Okay. He so turned, even younger. He, do, he does turn 23 in a few months. But uh, so the reason, obviously, I think I've talked about this on the pod before, but the reason his name gets brought up is like he's going to be you can either extend him if he doesn't take the extension, like you can put him in restricted free agency and he might get a huge deal or you can decline it, let him become an unrestricted free agent so he could leave for nothing or you could resign him. And if you resign him, awesome. But if not, he's gone for nothing or you could just trade him now. I mean, his value is high enough to where you could probably get if you got two you're, first you're, round you're picks. You're going to get a more smart deal at least. Yeah. And and better because he's 22. And he could fit on a ridiculous amount of teams. Like I I hate to say it, I think he does get traded. Not maybe not like I don't know, dude. I I just don't see anyone going to restrict a free agency for the Thunder for the next like 3 seasons. Well, the Thunder like, never let their players go under well, restricted free I, I don't think there's any chance that like y'all even let someone get to that point. So I almost want to just bet on the fact that I think he gets traded because I think I, I for his sake, I hope that he doesn't take the like low ball offer that y'all are probably going to give him. You know what I mean? Not even like some disrespect or anything, but like y'all, y'all are obviously going to try and get like or the Thunder going to try and get like you know a deal, and if he thinks it's too it's too little, I I don't doubt that they just they're just like hey, do you agree that we can just like trade you? I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to be anything like hard feelings wise. I'm sure the Thunder fan base will suck them off a little bit because they got something for him anyway. So, um, let's do. I also, I know I, I seen something earlier about I, the Jazz have to make a move for someone like Jamie Grant, Lou Dort. Um, I could see Kenrich. They had to get someone who can play defense. Like I, I, it sounds weird saying that the Jazz need someone who can play defense, but they really do. Every single time that they get, they go against a um a player who is anywhere near like top 30 points per game, they get throttled. And like, it's crazy because like you think, Oh yeah. Royce O'Neal just kind of head hunts on defense. Donovan Mitchell is a decent defender. Rudy Bears is a defensive player of the year candidate. Nah, any, any superstar has been just throttling them. And I think they just need like a point of attack defender. And I think that's kind of showing like how good of a defender, defender Joe Ingles was. It's not getting like showcased now um, because it was ACL, but Definitely want to throw that out there. Keep it on the jazz, maybe. Um, Bulls. K 
can this is just a question can they can they make like a little like tiny like you know addition of adding someone like miles turner robert williams i don't think so because you'd have to involve vucevic in any trade because i don't think either of those players fit with him Mm -hmm. and also just money wise you're not going to be able to trade for anybody unless you put in uh Derek Jones Jr., which, I, I mean, I'm not worried about him, but nobody's going to trade for Derek Jones Jr. Okay. They don't have picks to trade out because of mm-hmm. the protections they have. So the only way you can get somebody is if you trade Derek Jones Jr.'s contract and you trade Patrick Williams. They're I'm not okay They're that. not trading Patrick Williams. I'm okay they are, I'm telling you, they uh, will yeah, not trade I, him. I listened to a Bulls podcast, and or I lost some of it. I guess it was like a snippet from one. But – um. They were like, yeah, you know we can't move off Pat Will. I was like, who? who? Y'all just said he's untouchable? I mean, unless you're getting like a high, high, high level return, I'm not trading him for Robert Williams or Miles Turner. Like those players don't move the chip for me where it's like, okay, we go from, hey, we could we could probably sneak into the second or we might be able to be a conference final team. Yeah. They don't like push me to. Oh yeah, we're definitely going to the NBA Finals. Yeah. No, I would want like, I I don't even know what it is. Like maybe Jeremy Grant, maybe Jeremy Grant. Like you have to just get another like almost star player that fits with the team for yeah. me to be like, okay, I will definitely trade Patrick Williams. And I yeah. just don't think it's like. Does Vucevic have any value? To like other he does teams, to them. To, no, he but does. to other teams. I'm gonna say he does to them at least. Like, I don't think Boston would be like, okay, Vucevic for Robert Williams. Like, you're gonna have to give me something else because obviously contracts don't yeah. match up. I don't even know how I want Vucevic. That's what I'm saying. Life. Like, it's just yeah. Okay, you're not trading DeRozan. Yeah. You're not trading Levine. You're not trading Lonzo or Caruso. Yeah, that, that's already four players that you're just like, okay, four of our top five or six top salaries we're not we're not trading them so it's Derek jones jr's contract which i mean maybe you can get like a karis levert kind of deal with that because of the like the rubio type thing but then again you don't have first rounders to trade so that just literally screws you true let me go on one more just because you just mentioned levert um i kind of want to give just a shout out because i know we didn't really touch on it i cannot believe they got levert without giving up sexton that would have been my first demand if for Levert. Like, if you want to win now, I would have been like, oh, you can keep your picks. I will take Sexton. Cannot believe that. But let's touch on that because I know we've, we've talked about it a little bit before. Is Sexton really going to get moved? Or? I mean, I don't, I don't think he'll get moved during the year. Maybe during the draft? Maybe. Does he accrue value between now and then? I don't think he gets value. I think you see what, I mean, you're not going to know what Karis LeVert brings to the team until after the trade deadline. Like you get maybe one game with him playing before the trade deadline goes through. And it's like, I'm not just going to move Sexton if Karis LeVert is Sexton. Like, (laughs) I I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather have the younger version. Like it's just a scoring wing. That's all Sexton and, Levert are. That's literally all they are to me. And it's like, do I want them to stay on the team or can I just like move them? Yeah. And so you, you look at that. Maybe Sexton gets moved at the draft. Maybe people are like, okay, 
I don't like where I am in this draft, especially with not very many guards in that first that first eighteen uh, ish. Yeah, so maybe like at twelve, the Thunder have like okay. So do we want to keep this pick and Davis, pick Ivy, like, Ivy Hardy are all gone? Yeah, and you're just like okay. The first we got the first pick, we picked Jabari Smith, and then you're so, deciding between like Ty Ty or Sexton at that point. Yeah, which I mean, I think I'd pick Ty Ty. I also think I Ty Ty is gonna go like eight. I would also, but um, <laughs> like say you're looking at it and it's like okay, best players available are like Mark Williams, like stupid picks like that, and you're just like Sexton or Mark Williams. We trade twelfth uh, pick, maybe a future second for Sexton. Or we get Sexton in a future second round pick. Depends on how both teams view him. Yeah. But I don't think he's not going to get moved before the deadline. Sure. That's all I'm going to say. What else you got? Um. So sticking with rebuilding teams, what rebuilding team? Like, okay, Magic Rockets. I'm not going to include Thunder because we already talked about them. Magic Rockets, Pistons, and I. I'm not going to. Okay, just those three teams. Bottom three in the playoff standings, which team do you think is most likely to make a trade between now and then? Obviously, Rockets, mm. Eric Gordon, Christian Wood could get moved, Dude, Magic. I, they need to move them, and we've already talked about that. I think, what episode did we talk about that? Trade deadline primer. Yeah. Like, two or three weeks ago. Episode 100, we did talk about that. And, like, I still cannot believe it's not even being, like, discussed at all. They need to move people. So, I almost don't even think they're going to make a trade. I think they're just going to get nothing. And do nothing. So I kind of don't want to pick them straight off the bat for that. Um, so let's move Rockets. So between what? Pistons, Pistons and-, and Magic. So Magic, Mobamba, Robin Lopez, I think is a name that could be like going around like, okay, maybe I need a backup center for a championship level. Two. Warriors could be a potential spot for that. I mean, you trade some bench player. um, Damian Lee, something something weak like that mm-hmm. for Robin Lopez. Or you look at the Pistons. Do you think they're going to make a Jeremy Grant trade? Do you think, oh, maybe they can trade Kelly Olenek or Rodney McGruder? I mean, could be a small trade, could be a big trade. But if you do think one of them makes a trade, what like player, what size trade do you think it would be? Okay, so I'm trying to look up how much space they have below the luxury tax. And 2021-2022, the Magic have $22 million, if I'm reading this correctly. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Okay. And Neither team's close to the luxury tax. And Detroit is 10.7. Yeah, they're both going to have cap room in the offseason. So okay. neither Grant, team's going to be like... How much of their cap? He's like $20 million. God. Oh, my. God. Uh, and then Kelly Olynyk's like 12 or something. Yeah, 12.1. Um I don't I mean like on the spot I I would love to say the Magic. I would love for the Magic to literally just be a facilitator for some trades. Just kind of step in there, be like, "Hey, let, let me hold a second or way future protect first for just taking on someone's contract. Maybe like a Kings type or maybe not Kings. Uh a Knicks type deal." Maybe like the Lakers are trying to move something. They don't have a salary cap for it. Um, I, I think I'm going to say Magic. I know they're not super, you're not usually super active on the, uh, around the deadline, but I'm going to take Magic right there. 
Okay, hold on. I I just have to say this because it just got announced. But you know how we were talking about how we were like, okay, um, how the uh, Onto the Kumpo brothers were talking about going yeah. to the skills challenge. Yeah. So the teams just got announced. They're doing it in teams this year. Okay. So the teams are going to be the Onto the Kumpos. So Alex, Giannis, and Thanasis. They're going to be on one team. Then the Cavs. So it's going to be Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley. Fire. Okay. And, ah! And then the rookies. So it's going to be Scotty Barnes, Cade, and Josh Giddy. Oh that is so God. sick. Wait, so there's only three teams? Yeah. Why is there three teams? Shouldn't there be another team? I mean, it's nine players, so. So you think it's like combined score or you think it's average? I don't know. If, but that is so sick. If that... I'm that Giddy Barnes, Cade team, I want total. Because if Jared Allen messes up one throw... Yeah. And then they also just announced the um three point contest lineup. What if they what if they make them race? What if all what if all the teams or it's like a tag race and they all have to start at the same time? <laughs> that would be funny. Like e- like each player has to run through once. Yeah. Ooh. That would be cool. You bet they need to they need to get start running some little wind sprints. That's why <laughs> you might be a little too slow for this. Okay, so three point contest also right. just got announced. So CJ McCollum for the Portland Trailblazers. Weird. That's incorrect. Um, Fred Van Vliet, Trey Young, Patty Mills, Zach Levine, Cat, Luke Kennard, and Desmond Bain. So no Curry. Huh. I think I called uh, Zach Levine. Yeah, we we said we said a couple of these players. I know I had Patty Mills, Luke Kennard, Fred Van Vliet. I think I had Trey. Um. But yeah, Dude, so I was so off on three point contest. No, I called Zach Levine for skills challenge. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, that, okay, that's. I mean, that's kind of sick. I I hope Trey smokes him. Yeah. Um. I said. So no Duncan Robinson. That's weird. Hmm. I said three of those you players. Said Patty Mills. No. Did I? Yeah, he's in it. Patty Mills is in it. He's like third on percentage this season. I was not going to pick him. He's the Joe Harris replacement. They just had to have a Nets guy in there. Yeah. Okay, let's get a. Did anything else get announced? Um. So we saw we already talked about the slam dunk competition three point. Yeah, skills challenge just got announced. Um, we already knew about the rookies. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so we already have everything. So yeah. Uh, but that's so cool. The team thing so tell, tell everyone kind of what we were talking about because we did talk about it in like a dm i don't think we actually so podcast yeah we talked about how what i well i was saying i think they should do like teams and i was i said by draft class that would be sick i was well. okay so my people were like okay josh giddy Cade, and uh evan mobley yeah. and then you get like last cool. year's where it's like anthony edwards Lamelo, and pick your whoever pokoshevsky that's who i said um but then you go like 2017 fox lonzo stuff like that so i was yeah. saying because we had seen the onset to kumpo yeah. stuff they were like oh we want to do it in a team and then i said i said what if they did it in just like funny groups so they did like like the best friends which is like delo cat booker because they always talk about how close they are and they did like banana boat yeah and then they did like splash bros yeah, both of those would be so cool. Honestly, I think we're getting towards that. Yeah, we so might, we might be. We might have just been a year early, Sean. Yeah. Um. 
but yeah, that was something that we were probably going to try to talk about next week. But you know, we might might be running out of stuff because it looks like the NBA is secretly in our heads. Or do we work for the NBA? Mm. Find out next week. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I have one more trade thing, and then we can just jump to awards. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Lakers. So this is from an anonymous NBA exec said this. Uh, it's obvious. Is this Taylor Horton Tucker? No, no. Oh. no, no, no sorry. Uh, it's obvious they're trying to make a move, or they're trying to move Westbrook, which is damn near impossible. They know that roster's just not working. That was in quotes. Okay. Yeah, I saw. I saw something who about you, who. Which exec do you think said that? Uh, I think Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers. It just feels right. Damn near. Do do his voice. Damn near. Damn near impossible. You got. You got to like. It's damn, that like tough. Damn near. Damn, damn near impossible. Joel and Pete, get over here. Uh. Anyways. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, Tony. No, they said executive. I mean, you never know. Um, it's definitely the Kings. Exe- <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't even know. Um, what if it was <laughs> obviously he's not, but like, what if it was like MJ and he's just roasting? What if, what if it's their G? <laughs> oh my god, I would love that. I would love it. He's like, he's like, you know, they're just trying to make a move, and he's really just like, I'm oh, trying so hard, trying, bro. Um, no, I saw something from a GM, and it was like. Taylor Horton Tucker on that contract is a negative asset. So, like, you're going to have to throw in something to get anything. That's why they've been gassing him up so much. They're, uh, they're like, Taylor Horton Tucker for uh, Karis LeVert. And I'm like, and what? Yeah, I saw some, some like, Taylor Horton Tucker and a second rounder for Dort. I was like, bro, and are you what? what? Like, what? you going to give me LeBron with that? A, a second and what? Don't, don't like, say that. Don't say Reeves because I don't want him. <laughs> like, bro, y'all don't even know what you're talking about, dude. Um, but yeah, I the, the Lakers definitely need to make a move. Can they? I don't know. I don't think so. Don't think like, so. okay. And I, I feel so bad. Like, I feel bad for the Lakers because you're not going to be able to re-sign Malik Monk, who is your best guard. Yeah. Like, might be the best scorer on the team outside of LeBron. You want to hear something funny? Then we can go to awards. Okay, yeah. Okay. So I was I was listening to this podcast and they gave this scenario. Okay, would you rather play a, play a team and coach them with five Malik Monks or five Matisse Thibels? And like, okay, play against a team. Which one would you rather like be the coach of? And like, obviously, it's only five on five. You have no bench, whatever. It's uh-huh. literally just all Malik Monks or all Matisse Thibels. Oh my. Gosh, I said the Malik Monks would probably be I, more fun. I think Malik Monk because you, you, the NBA, you cannot stop people that much. Like, but there's five of them. I know. I kind of feel like you would offensively, be like, you're scoring two points, but the, you can't it, hold them to zero. But the thing is, like, with those five, Matisse, I will literally just hunt the ball low key sometimes. So maybe it would be like coaching like some like kindergartners and they they all just chase the ball around the court. <laughs> <laughs> but then with Malik Monk, none of them want to pass. So you're just having like maybe only one or two of them really gets to shoot. Because like the guy who's inbounding the ball, he's just the inbound Malik Monk. He's he's screwed. That's just I don't know. I just, <laughs> I don't want either team. It would suck to be the like offensive coach of. Like Matisse Thibault's. Yeah, it's like, uh, 
Set a screen. Do anything. Run. Just, Bru- just they run. They can't in. even just handle the ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just run. Just run in. Just run in. Literally just catch and pass. Catch and pass. They, it literally looked like 1930s basketball. Like, <laughs> they shoot without jumping. They know they're not allowed to dribble, so they have to pass it as soon as. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah, no, I want I want to be done with that. Um, okay. So the NBA, actually, okay. the NBA okay. just okay. announced the top 15 greatest coaches list. So you know how we had like top 75? Yeah. Which so, is actually 76 for some reason. Yeah, the, the top 76 players in the 75th anniversary. Um, anyways, so the greatest coaches list. So hold on, let me let me go through it one more time, make sure I'm correct on it. Um, there are four active coaches. Okay. Who do you think the active coaches are that are on this list? Uh, all time? Spo. Spolster's on there, so you got one. Is okay, Popovich. Okay, I was about to say you. De- please tell me Popovich is um, on there. Um, it did. No. Okay, I didn't think so. Dan okay, Tony? you got. Oh, is Steve Nash cannot be on it. No. Okay. This is only for coaching. Okay. So you got one that's out west, one that's in the east. Both have won championships, obviously. This is oh, real Steve time. Kerr. Steve Kerr's one of them. Yeah. Last one. We've talked in about him already. Yeah. We've talked about him already on this podcast. Huh. Literally just talked about him. Huh. You literally just did his voice. Come on. Oh, um, Doc Rivers. Yeah. I'm surprised so, he's on there. I I am yes and I no. I guess like tenure wise, uh, he probably has a he probably has an insane regular season record. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there's any other like Budenholzer's probably maybe Rick Carlisle. Those two are probably the closest in my head. I didn't to, want Budenholzer to be on it. That's why I was surprised. That's why I, when I said it, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like all these other coaches are pretty young. Um, Steve Kerr, I, Steve Kerr, I was completely blanked. Yeah. Um. So I'll I'll list them off. Red Auerbach, who coached the Celtics to seventy six thousand titles. Um. Larry Brown. Can't remember who he could. I think Cavs, but um, Spit him out. Chuck Daly, Fire. one of the best. I probably one of my favorite coaches ever. Red Holzman, Phil Jackson, Casey Jones, Steve Kerr, Don Nelson, Greg Popovich, Jack Ramsey, Pat Riley, Doc Rivers, Jerry Sloan, Eric Spolstra, Lenny Wilkins. Fire. So I'm trying to think like off the dome. Like, is there any coach that I would want hard on to there? Think about it. Yeah. The, it. It is a hard thing to just like pop into your head, but I think that that's probably right. That's probably yeah. unless something's just like. I mean, I feel like you can't have a list like too big, right? Yeah, I mean, fifteen is a definite good one. Like maybe Rudy Tomjanovich. He coached the Rockets when they won two of their titles with. The yeah, team. but you also got to think like the reason why it's so small is because you got Phil Jackson who accounts for what like eleven championships by himself, and then Red Auerbach who has yeah. eleven as well. And um, the, the Celtics dude you were talking about. I forgot. Uh, right there, back. Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm talking okay, about. Okay. Um, but like Doc Rivers, probably the one that doesn't deserve to be on there the most. He was probably last. Um, But yeah. So I like that list. It was just cool. Like I got that before I, wonder how, I got the. I wonder the... how many on that list is literally just coaches sort by number of rings. Yeah, probably. Rings by, oh, sorry. Rings win coaching. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Probably so, didn't take very much because he, he got what? Two with the Celtics, right? He only got one with this. He's only won one ring. Okay. But he also had that Clippers thing that was crazy. Um, yeah, his is tenure. I understand his. Yeah, I don't think he's like a bad pick. Um, his is definitely tenure, though. So, yeah. I don't know what to say about I, it. I, going off the top of our heads, I don't think there's any coach like automatically I can be like, why the heck isn't he on the list? Like, Rudy Tomjanovich is somebody I saw that it's like, okay, he coached the Rockets to two championships. That's the only one that can, like, oh, yeah, he should definitely be on there. Um, but let's go into the picks of the week. All right, bet. Uh, MVP, I got Giannis. He averaged 30, 11, 7, and two stocks. Um, shot 46% from three on 4.6 attempts per game. 3 0 this week, including a 33, 15, and 11 game. Triple double against the Wizards. Um, fire. Also, he was pie leader. And get this Drew Holiday is shooting. 70 or shot 75.1 true shooting percentage this week followed by Giannis at 72.5 true shooting percentage so suck it um is it like crazy for me to say Clay Thompson (laughs) oh my god what did he get like 20 something okay so he's had like 20 20 or 21 23 14 16 23 but like since he's come back I mean, they're on a nine-game win streak right now. So, like, the, the is, it, is it crazy for me to say him? He got the like he got he got the uh, the team chemistry bar just bumped up by like fifteen. Yeah, you know, usually when you like add in somebody new, it goes down. But like this guy, who keep in mind, he came back, and it's like a completely new team besides Curry and yeah. obviously Draymond and Looney. But like everybody <laughs> else is new. Yeah. Like Wiggins, Gary Payton, all the rookies, and James Wiseman. Like, they have never played with this dude before. If, if this team goes on to win the title, we have to get like an E60 or like a 30 for 30 about like the whole thing. Like, I'm talking from like them getting, like, right before they got Kevin Durant, that team, okay, going against the LeBron. I think you back started to back. To like, back. When Curry got drafted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, of well, course. You know, I'm just saying, yeah. like, you don't need to spend like a ton of time on that, but more of like, they, they like, you know, as soon as they get Steve Kerr, and then it's like, okay, yeah, like, have like a, a couple, you know, conversations about how they were feeling. Uh, top 15 coach of all time, yeah. Steve Kerr to you. And then, and then we get like the clay comeback as like the closer to it. Oh, my God. Talk about pulling heartstrings. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'll cry. I mean, I think clay is like the guy that everybody loves. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, uh, I think he's going to be my MVP of the week. Cool. Okay. Uh, reserve. I got Kevin Love. Average 2010-3. Kevin Love's playing great. Uh, I think it's the second time I picked him. Um, so is he your sixth man of the year now? He honestly has a good chance. Honestly, whoever gets um, whoever gets Jamie Grant, might he might become my sixth man. Whoever gets uh, – who else are we talk about that's going to sit on the bench? Whoever gets um, – maybe if the Pacers make another move, they might be my sixth man. I don't know. Anyone, anyone can get it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that any big coming off the bench for Phoenix is just automatically like six man of the week. Because, I mean, JaVale McGee, he got thrust back into six man uh, over this past week. I mean, he's been playing a little bit more than Biombo. Um, 16 and eight with three blocks, uh, Chicago. I mean, not crazy. No but one like, can convince me that Aiden is that good. I'm sorry. Like, 
time and time again, we realize we're, we've been like told that like Chris Paul is the reason why this man looks good. And good Lord, JaVale McGee. Come on, bro. Um, he also had six, 10 with three blocks and a steal and then 12 and two, which isn't as great, but, um, you combine that with what Biombo puts up and it's just like, Oh yeah. Um, you're still killing it, bro. Um, yeah. I also want to say Jay Crowder won me a lot of money this week. Um, so he had prop bets. I follow like a bunch of prop bet people, uh, lately and they, there was like a, they do ladders and stuff. So like you bet like his normal, Oh, he's going to get five rebounds. And then it just goes up and it like the plus is like ridiculous. Mm. And, uh, they were like, you know what? Let's just play Jay Crowder rebounds um, just for fun. I mean, DeAndre Ayton, Jalen Smith, JaVale McGee, Biombo all play. I mean, Biombo played in one minute. Never mind. Um, but like all those guys played. And so I bet Jay Crowder all the way up to 10 rebounds. So it was like plus uh, 800 something. He put well, $5 on there. But like five times eight, 40 bucks. And then uh, for a double double, it was like plus twenty one hundred. I put three dollars on it. Yes, I know, bro. That's thirty three or no, sixty three bucks. You get like forty just from that. Yeah, it was like ridiculous. Huh. Um, but yeah, it goes to any son's big man that plays. You're just automatically my sixth man of the week. Perfect, uh, <clears throat> rookie. I got Giddy. Woo-hoo! I will say, I think this is actually Giddy's perfect chance to like really, if he, if he wants to win rookie of the year and he's actually going to make a push, Shea's out, like we touched on last week a lot. Um, but also, matchup wise, he has some like big marquee matchups that, I mean, obviously the Thunder aren't going to get a ton of, you know, public television. You're not going to get a TNT game. You're not going to get an ABC game, but you're going to see these big names. You have over the next month, he has Raptors, 76ers, Bulls, Suns, Nuggets. Timberwolves twice and the Bucks. That is all over the next month. So the, if if he can come out and show, you know, like the usual, if he can like get to that like 16 point scoring floor or I guess like ceiling and then get to like still hold his like 6'6", six, 7'5", six, something like that. Now it's kind of the time because Mobley just had a pretty below average week in my opinion or below standard week for him. Um, so, and especially with like, Lavert coming in, maybe Lavert takes a little bit of the scoring from Mobley. You know, maybe he's down to like a 10-point scoring rather than like a 15-16. I don't know. They, there's a lot of things that could really come together and help him out. Like Duarte just lost um, uh, Sabonis. Maybe he comes down a little more. Not that I thought he was in the top three, but there's there's definitely a better chance now. Like if he can really get something going. So I'm going to give him my rookie of the week. Yeah, uh, I went with Josh Kitty as well. Got his team to a three-game win streak. Uh, set his career high in points with 24 which not a crazy amount, but somebody who came into the league and isn't like nobody thought he was going to be a scorer, not a great shooter, but I mean, you look at him, scored 24 points and assortment of shots. I mean, pulled a couple threes. His floater game has really improved so far this year, but I mean, just the, the way he gets assists is like contact. It's just like ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, Earlier in the year, he got his triple-double. That's when he was our Rookie of the Week for the first time. Almost had another one last night, but Coach was like, you know what, he's only going to play 30 minutes tonight. Made a couple mistakes. Rookies always make mistakes, but Thunder are really disciplining their rookies whenever, like, hey, I know you're like three assists away from a triple-double, but you know I'm going to have to sit you because you aren't playing the way that I want you to, which is a good thing and a bad thing. 
obviously bad thing stats wise, but good thing long run. Agreed. Uh, pie leader for rookies was Terry Taylor from the Pacers. <laughs> he had one game. Yeah, he, I mean, no, he, he had more than that because he had um, I think he had like 175 possessions, so he had like almost three. Yeah, he had a 24, a 21, and a 15 from the Monday to Monday window. Huh. Yeah, pretty decent. I was I was surprised when I saw. It. I thought he was a blip, which is also weird because he had 14 rebounds and 16 rebounds in two of those games for shooting guard. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd never heard of the dude before. Uh, stat line, I got Doncic. There's a future for others to put, pick between one from, uh, but I already talked about Giannis from MVP. So I went Doncic, 33, 13, 15, two steals uh, against 76ers. Luka played 40 minutes and honestly fought for this one. His defense looked okay. And they hold, held the 76ers to under 100, which is pretty good feat, in my opinion, for this Mavs team that is not good on defense. Yeah, I uh... – it's always hard to find a stat line. I didn't want to pick just a triple double. Um, so yeah, but I like always pick a triple double. Um, so instead of choosing a stat line, I was like, you know what? Get ready for the fucking trade deadline because this is about oh, to be fun. She said Halliburton just because he got traded. Oh yeah. Hall- Halliburton had 17 assists in one game and 37 points in another game. So, yeah. you know, combine those and he had two very good stat lines. Oh yeah. Uh, game. I got the Lakers beating the Knicks in OT, 122-115. Uh, Braun triple-double, 80, 28-17, 3-3-4. Uh, Malik Monk was hot with 29. RJ led the Knicks with 36. Combines with Julia, Julius Randle's 32 points, 16 rebounds. Crypto.com Arena, okay. Staples um, was chanting for Westbrook to stop shooting at the end of the game. Insane. I've never heard a home crowd chant for one of their players to stop shooting. I've never heard that before. So it had to be my game of the week. Yeah. I also had that game just because uh, RJ Barrett hit that uh, game tying three late in the game. Spike Lee was going overtime. nuts. I know. And also the last time uh, he hit a game winner, um, I chose that game. So, you know, if RJ Barrett does good, you know what? My fantasy team is looking good. So, you know, I got to stick with them. Okay. Uh, team, I got Warriors, nine-game win streak, NBA best, 8.3-point differential. Uh, Clay's getting hot. Dre's about to come back, and then he's going to continue his defensive player of the year campaign. So I almost went with the Warriors. Obviously, they're on that nine-game win streak. But I went with the Raptors just because, like, you came in, and you were like, yeah, the Raptors probably aren't that good. But over the past week, they beat the Heat. They beat the Bulls. They beat the Hawks. They beat the Hornets. Four teams that, I mean, early in the year, the Heat, I mean, the Heat, number one seed at one point. Bulls, number one seed at one point. Hawks. Heat are number one right now. Yeah. So, I mean, add that in. And Hawks haven't been great so far this season. Had an eight-game win streak. I mean, Raptors go out and beat them. Hornets have had a really good year at the beginning of the year. They've slowed down a little bit. Obviously, they're on a five-game losing streak now. But Raptors beat them. I mean, this Raptors team, you look at it and you're like, I don't know if they're that good. But you go back to the week before and throw in another win against the Hawks and another one against the Heat, and then they lost to the Bulls by six. But, I mean, you look at what this team is doing. You look at their roster, like, okay, Siakam or Fred VanVleet, they're probably our best player. And then you look down the roster, you probably got four guys that – or five guys that almost any NBA fan can name. Yeah. 
And then after that, it's like, do they know who Precious Achua is? Do they know who blank whatever is? Like, I probably can't name another player after those like top five and Precious Achua like off the top of my head. So just to touch on that, I saw this uh, breakdown of one of the plays that they did recently. <laughs> they had, okay, this is coming out of a timeout. Okay, I'm trying to describe this just verbally. So I'm trying to not look at you, Sean. Okay, so coming out of a timeout, they had uh, Fred Van Lee holding the ball. Okay, three players are above the three-point arc, okay, just standing there, okay? Scotty Barnes is slowly walking down, walking to the elbow, about to post someone up. He's the only person below the free throw line. Like, literally, like, who I think they were playing the Heat, honestly. And they were they were literally just running, like, ISO against Scotty Barnes. There. Like, it was, it was the most open I've ever seen the court. And then Scotty Barnes comes up to go set a screen on Fred Van Vliet at the top. And then they just start handing the ball back and forth. Like, no joke, I saw the ball move, like, four times above the arc, and then, like, three guys just started running at the rim at the same time. It, apparently, this is a very similar play to, uh, from Hoosiers, okay, when they run, like, this, like, picket fence type setup. It's apparently very similar to that. Um, and so I went and watched, watched that little snippet of the movie with that play. It's insane. This movie, this play looks fake. I'm going to, I'm going to have to show you after, after this recording, Sean, but this play looks fake. Like th- it does not look like something that you actually drew up as an NBA head coach and it worked. And so just, just the way you said they handed the ball back and forth. It literally reminded me of the play from, uh, that the Flint tropics used, And they were like, back to me. No, you take it back. Back to me. No, you take it back. Back to me. You take it back. That's, that's exactly what it sounded like. Kinda. Or like, that's, that's what I pictured in my head when you yeah. started saying it. So, um, a little bit of a wrapping motion in there, but uh, let's go into Dud. I got Brooklyn Nets. Honestly, perfect. I picked this Wednesday last week or Thursday last week, and uh, now and tonight they are lo- they were losing twenty eight to two with five minutes left in the first against the Celtics. Um, they were on they're on an eight game losing streak. Uh, Harden doesn't want to be there. And just a reminder, just for anyone who's you know curious about what this team's going to do in the offseason, none of these stars owe this team anything. They owe them nothing. Okay, this is just a place they all met up to play. Okay, they don't owe them anything. They don't. They don't owe Steve Nash anything. They don't owe any of this ownership anything. Okay, so no one is entitled when when all these people leave. Okay, I don't hear any entitlement things saying, "Oh, he left us nothing." Okay, because they don't owe you anything. Just want to stress that one because yeah. right I I can just feel it. Um. So. I want. I, I didn't want to go with just a team for this. Obviously, if I did go with a team, it would definitely be either the Nets or the Trailblazers. But um, actually, I say it would just be the Trailblazers if I was just going with a team. But I am. So uh, I'm talking about the trades. We talked about it earlier in the day. Um, they just completely messed up. They traded away three first-round picks, Gary Trent Jr., for three players that now have been traded didn't play that great there. They didn't really do anything for the Blazers. And what'd they get back for it? Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> um, obviously they got more than that, but I mean, that's the big name acquisition out of all of this. Um, so yeah, Blazers, dud, loser, whatever you want to say of the week. Perfect. Um, so games, we're gonna hop into that. Our picks of the week. We're going with Cleveland at Indiana on Friday. Hmm. This one's going to be hard for me. Uh, I think some for some reason, 
I'm just going to start going towards Cleveland on this. Was it Cleveland and Indiana? Give me Cleveland. I was about to say, do not say Indiana. Um, Kerslevert should be playing by that time. So we'll see. Yeah, let, let's put an over under on his points. 22. Can I be one? So we're just guessing if he's going to play. No, I, I, if he plays, do you think Kyrus he Levert, just torches you, you think, his old team? You think team? this is going to be his first game? This, is, I mean, it's his first game against his old team. Yeah. Okay. So you think he's just going to torch his old what team? What number did you say? I said 22. Okay, you're going over under that. Uh, let's over. say 21 and a half. I'm going over. I'm going to go over as well. I okay. think it's like, I think it's probably higher than that. I would take like 25. Oh my goodness. It's not like that high. You said 22. Uh, I know. Uh, Denver at Boston on Friday. Denver. I'm going Boston. Boston has been playing so good. Obviously, Denver has like Jokic, but Jokic has sat a couple games lately, and Boston just been playing incredible. Um, next game Thursday, Milwaukee at Phoenix, a replay of the finals, Bucks. maybe a potential preview of the finals as well. Both these teams looking to get back there. Bucks. Um, is that going Milwaukee? Um this one's hard this is probably the hardest one we've done like i'm sitting here uh uh do i want to go phoenix do i want to go milwaukee i'm going phoenix tough choice but they've been playing really good so far this year they finally hit 10 losses on the year took them over 50 games to get to their 10th loss um Lakers at Golden State on Saturday. Lakers at Golden State. I already wrote down Golden State for me. Okay, so Golden State. Golden um, State. And then Sacramento at Washington on Saturday. Sacramento at Washington. Uh, obviously, earlier today, Bradley Beal got announced that he is having season-ending wrist surgery. And Sacramento, this is Saturday, so Sabonis could be playing at that point. I'm going to do Kings. Kings? I don't even know if I need Sabonis. I'd probably still take Kings. All right. Uh, I went Sacramento as well. I don't remember if I said that. And then you said we're doing three-pointers, right? Yes, three-pointers for the team. Yeah, for the team. So Halliburton and Heald combined for... A little over five. Between five and six threes a game, and they averaged 11. So that drops them down to about five and a half threes a game. And Wizards average, what, nine? A little over nine. And Beal is out. He averages a little over two. And I think he was um, 2.5. So they're getting pretty similar. Yeah. I think with the decimals, it's a little closer, if I remember correctly. Um, So what's the. But also, they could have Savonis playing. So, like, uh, Sabonis does not shoot threes. Maybe he, like he has one. not lately. Hey, hey, we're talking about the difference of like five and six right now. So, and also, I mean, I think it would take Harrison Barnes just lighting it up for them. Yeah. To so, De'Aaron Fox is still out, right? He's still like recovering from his little ankle thing. I think. I see. I don't know. There's just I'm not looking at news of players until after the trade deadline. Like, I don't even care, like, if they're injured or not until after the trade deadline. Because if they get traded, it just changes everything. Let me just see when the last time he played is. Because Sabonis has been out for a while. Okay, he hasn't played in almost a month. Yeah. Okay, I thought he had been in and out. Okay, so give me... 
Oh my god, I hate both of these. I'm gonna go Washington because they're not losing as much. Give me the Kings. Oh wait, I'm going oh. Kings, and I'm praying that Harrison Barnes just drops five by himself. That's what I'm going for. Okay, I'm taking mine back. I'm going Kings as well because they got Jeremy Lamb. Okay, now we're gonna come off the bench hit at least three. At least three. I'm hitting. Hey, I'm hitting his ladder play. Hey, I'm hitting his ladder two, play on three. He cannot play at home, but oh, they're yeah. they're going to be away. So, um, yeah, he's one of those unvaxxed guys that mm-hmm. is going to Cali, and so he can't play at home. Um, but yeah, that's going to close us out. Uh, trade deadline is when you hear this. It's going to be tomorrow, um, Thursday at two o'clock Central Time. Hopefully, we get some more big trades. Look for. Your team to make a huge trade as the listener. I think the Bucks might make a trade. They'll, I think the Bucks are probably going to end up just on the buyout market. Like okay. maybe they like trade away. Like I'll take a Rizzo buyout. I don't think the Lakers are going to waive him. Yeah. I don't know. Tristan Thompson. There you go. Um, but yeah, that's going to close us out for this episode of the Break Starter Podcast. Um, we love you all. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Later.